You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Uh, we're going to enter into our teaching time of our service here. Uh, back at the uh, beginning of March, uh, Royce taught a message on, on Scripture, and he looked at, at 2 Timothy. He looked at 2 Timothy 3, 4 through, 14 through 17. I want to read that to you guys uh, and explain a little bit about what we're trying to do here uh, during this teaching time. If you have your Bible, you're welcome to open up to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. It says, um, But as for you, uh, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing that, um, from, knowing that from, whom, <laughs> from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And this is where we really landed as a church this month. All Scripture is breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God, uh, people of God, men and women of God, may be competent, equipped for every good work. And uh, after, Royce, after Royce taught that message, as a church, he gave you guys a couple of different options this month. Um, he, and, and this month, we really want to encourage you guys to read Scripture. So we had three different options as a church that you could go do on your own. The first option was you could read the Gospel of Mark, particularly asking the question, what does this teach me about Jesus, right? And just kind of read through that Gospel, listening for what it teaches you about God. The second op- option was to take a book of the Bible and then to take the things that Paul tells Timothy here about the Bible is uh, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. And to use that as an outline of how to walk through a passage of Scripture and how you can learn from the Scriptures, instead of just reading it and moving on, we really want to chew on God's Word and have it, have it teach us something. So in order to do that, you have to not only read it, but you have to ask questions about the Word. And you have to think about your life and what that means. Uh, and then the third option was to memorize passages of Scripture. Uh, I know uh, Royce was working on Titus, I think. Um, uh, I know Christian and our home community was working on a passage of Scripture. What I want you guys to do is when you go to home community this week, talk about what God has, has told you in the Word this past month, in the month of March. So home community leaders, if you have something else you're doing, incorporate that into your gathering this week in homes and say, hey, this is what God's been teaching me. Here's the option that I chose. You know, Royce is going to recite all of Titus to his home community. It's going to be awesome. Good luck if you're behind on that. You have to Wednesday. Um, uh, so the one that I decided to do was option two, where I took uh, that, that framework, I took those four questions, and I, and I started reading through Ephesians. I'm meeting with three guys on Sunday nights. We're kind of doing a, a mentor triad. Uh, myself, Russell Gilkey, uh, CJ, where's CJ at? CJ's over there, and, uh, and Chris, a uh, big red beard. Uh, Chris is over there. We've been meeting on Sunday nights, and, uh, and we started reading through the, one of the things we're doing is reading through the book of Ephesians together, and we started asking these four questions. So we just stuck with chapter one, and we read chapter one, and we, and we asked these questions. Uh, so at first, after we read the word, we asked, what is true? Like, this is the teaching portion. What is true? What are the key biblical truths of this passage? 
right? That's the first thing you need to do when you read Scripture. Chris, in a minute, is going to come up here, and he's going to explain his process of opening up the Word as a normal guy, right? Chris isn't, isn't a pastor. He's not an elder in the church. He's just a man that wants to hear from God. And so he took God's Word, and he says, what's true about this? Then after that, CJ is going to come up, and he's going to talk about what's not true, right? Because we, we can't just acknowledge what's true. We have to acknowledge the things that aren't true. And the question is, what are some faults or inaccurate, what, are, what, are, what, what is something false or inaccurate that you have personally believed related to this passage? So we, we ask that. We think about our lives. We think about, are we living in a way that actually reflects the Word of God? Because many times we're not, and we don't even know it. It's kind of a blind spot in our life. So we have to learn to approach the Scriptures like this. And then I'm going to come up, and I'm going to talk about what not to do. So in relation to this passage, what is something in your life that needs to change, right, in my personal journey with God? And then training in righteousness is the last one. And what are some things that, that you need to learn to do in order to live in a way that reflects the truth of this passage? So this is what we're going to do right now. We're going to teach you guys an exercise that we believe that you can do on your own when you go back. So Chris is going to head up here. He's going to be reading our passage of Scripture. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Ephesians. Our kids may run around. They may cry. That's okay. Because we want them to get used to being in here. We want them to get used to sitting and listening to us talk and study the word together. Good morning, everybody. Um, so let's go ahead and start. Um, we're going to read through uh, the, this uh, section of uh, Ephesians. Um, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. So if you have a Bible and you want to open it up, if not, it's going to be up on the screen as well. So um, Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the promise of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of his will, uh, purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, the praise of his glory." So when I was looking at this scripture, um, I, was, I was kind of focusing on the truths of the scripture, and, and part of what really stuck out to me, um, just kind of with what was going on in my life at the time and, and things like that, was um, verses 7 through 10. So I'm going to go ahead and read those again. Um, so verse 7 through 10. In him we have redemption through the, his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. 
So this was really um, en encouraging and comforting to me, this part of Scripture and this truth. Um, a couple weeks ago, I got, it uh, was a pretty hard week. Um, I got a, an email and a phone call from a friend um, he used to be in community with here at Red Sea, and um, just got to talking a little bit, and he shared that him and his wife had been pregnant, and she, they'd, had, they'd been on vacation, and she ended up having a miscarriage. And it was a pretty traumatic experience that they went through when they were on vacation and they had this happen. And it was really hard for me to hear that. Just my heart was broken for them. Um, and then also the fact that my wife is currently pregnant at this time, that God is growing a child in her womb for us to take care of and, and, and raise for him. And so it was just really heartbreaking and, and hard for me. Um, and so I became anxious and scared and just didn't know what to do. And, and so what I did is I looked to the scriptures for the truth of, of what it says. And I was just encouraged in the truth that it has here that, that God has riches of his grace for us, that, that he is revealing to us the, the wisdom and insight of the mystery of his will, that he is lavishing his grace upon us, um, and that all things are working together for, for Christ, his plan, the fullness of time, that he's going to unite all things together in heaven and on earth. And so um, it, it can be hard to understand some of those truths and how they work out in real life, but... Um, Part of his plan was to unite that child with him at such an early time. And so just taking comfort in, in the truth of, of God's word, um, that it, I just want to encourage you that the truth of his word um, can uplift your soul as it was able to uplift my soul um, in that trying time. Um, he held me in his grace. Um, I want to encourage you to, to seek the truths of God's word, um, that they, they can comfort you in times of pain. They can be an encouragement to you, but they, they, also, um, they can also celebrate you with, with you in times of joy, um, and they can do so much, much more. So I just want to encourage you to lean on the truths of God's Word and, and seek, seek the truths that He has in His Scripture. You won't know them unless you read them, unless you seek it as well. So I just want to encourage you in that. Um, and now at this time, CJ is going to come up and, and share a little more. Um, when Josh first asked us to do this, he, uh, you know, told us about the four areas, and I came back the next week on Sunday night, and he's like, so what, what are the four areas? And I was like, well, here's all the truths, boom, 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 boom. And he's like, well, what about the other three? And I said, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I think for me, I've realized in my scripture reading, I just look at the truths, but to really go through these four categories and chew on them uh, is something that was a lot more challenging. And so that next week, as I just took time to pray about it, uh, God put some things on my heart, especially for the section of reproof, the way that and my actions really lining up with what this is saying. I mean, I, I know it's true in my head, and Josh has talked about this before. It's like head knowledge to heart knowledge. And I realized a lot of this, I'm needing to learn to transfer into my heart and actually start living that way. So this was hard for me um, to kind of look at this scripture and say, what am I doing wrong here? What have, you know, what type of things have I been really doing against what this is saying? And so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys and tell you exactly what was put on my heart. Um, I focused in on the section of Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. And so I'm going to just read like the section and then talk about what that, can I learn from that one piece of it? So the first part of this says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so I wrote down here, my day-to-day -day life actions don't show this. I don't live my life feeling blessed every day. I complain when things don't go my way, 
and I complain when things don't go how I want them to go. I feel sometimes that God is holding out on me. I feel that God hasn't given me his best. I think things like, if my life was this way, I would be happier. Um, if they're, you know, different, and the list can go on here, but some things I wrote down are, you know, certain things like, what if my wife had some different qualities? If I were healthier, I've had some health issues growing up, but if I, you know, had been healthier, um, if I had a different job, my job has been very challenging at times throughout my life. So all these things that have, you know, been challenging, um, you know, if they were all different, maybe I'd be happier. You know, maybe my life would be, I'd feel blessed. Um, and I just said, the list goes on. I mean, I know all of you have the same feelings about not being content, not being happy with where, where things are, whatever your circumstances may be. And so I put in here, if only God could give me what I want, then I'd feel like I'd be blessed. Okay. And, and I realize how much, you know, obviously a lie that is. Um, but this is how I honestly felt, you know. And so it made me realize that, you know, this scripture is talking about we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And I need to, you know, start getting up every day and living like that and, and, and understanding that, um, you know, my life has a very bigger picture and more of an everlasting um, blessings than I can possibly imagine. I need to start look, uh, reflecting on it each day when I get up. And so the rest of this, um, I'm going to read and then I have a little bit more here. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. And I put in here, I don't live like I'm a true son of God. Most times I act like I'm embarrassed of my father. I'm scared to bring him up because I'm, I think I might offend the person I'm talking to. The fear of man becomes more important than the honor, acknowledgement, and praise of my father who saved me. Reading this passage reminded me how much weight I put on my earthly existence as opposed to my eternal existence. I'm more concerned with God playing a part in my life story as opposed to seeing myself playing a part in his story. And I lastly put in here, I'm a son and heir to the God that created the cosmos. And my actions say that I don't truly believe that. I mean, I, I, I think that's what hit me the most during this exercise is I'm a son of, 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 of God. And, and yet I'm, I'm scared to talk about them sometimes, and yet I'm, uh, you know, I live my life, um, you know, not thinking like that at all. So this was really good for me. I just encourage you guys to, to challenge yourselves to really read this, and, and it's going to be different for all of you. You know, God will speak differently to your hearts, but um, I think this has been really good. It's really convicted me, and I'm definitely going to need to keep going back in prayer to start changing some of these ways I've been doing it. So thanks. Do you guys see how the, the scriptures are applying to everyday life? You know, for these guys, that's something that I really wanted us, us all to see. And, and we're going we're gonna to stay in Ephesians for the next couple of months as a church. And so if you're not reading the word and digging through it, there are things happening in your life right now that God wants to talk to you through. This is how God speaks, right? This is, this is the word, right? The word became flesh, God revealing himself. I want you guys to hear their stories and hear their, their journeys with God's words and then also take it home and, and do something with it. The last two parts of, uh, of, the, uh, of the, the outline here for saying scripture, the, last, the, the next one is in relation to this passage, what is something in your life that needs to change? And for me personally, uh, when, I, when I heard um, 
in verse 4, even as, he, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, um, that we should be holy and blameless before him. The idea that God chose me to be holy and blameless. That's identity language, right, for me to, to consider myself. When I started thinking about my life and thinking about what not to do, uh, one of the things, uh, patterns that I've seen myself doing that isn't healthy is that when I sin, whether I sin against my wife, um, when it's, with it's related to lust, or I sin against God uh, in that area, I'll tend to isolate myself from God, right? Because when I sin, I see myself as bad, like bad Josh. You know, look what you did, which there's true, like there's rebellion, there's sin against God. But I'll allow that sin to define me. And I don't know if you guys are like this. After I sin, uh, I have to, like, beat myself up for a while. Anybody else have to, like, beat themselves up when you sin? You know, like, you're a bad person. You have to go over here. Don't read your Bible right now, right? God doesn't want to talk to you. Um, it's hard for me to even pray, you know, because I feel this, this weight of, of what I've done. And one of the things that I realized is that when I'm going through that process, what I'm doing is I'm sinning, and then I'm punishing myself for sinning, right? And then when I've punished myself enough, then I can go back before God and I can talk to God and have a relationship with him. When I do that, I am becoming my own savior, right? I'm crucifying myself. I'm punishing myself, paying the penalty for my, for my own sin, so that then I can feel right in my relationship with God. And that is not what this passage of Scripture says. It says before the foundation of the world, he chose me to be holy and blameless. When God looks at me, he sees holy and blameless Josh. He doesn't see sinful Josh. Not because of anything I did, but because of Jesus Christ. So I'm having to, I'm having to learn to see myself like that. One of the, one of the things that I'm, that I'm trying not to do is to punish myself after I sin but trying to come to God and receive grace. It's so much, I would say, it, it's easier to receive grace after you've punished yourself for a while. What if you come to God immediately, like right after you've sinned, and you say, wow, God, in this moment right now, you see me as holy and blameless. That's incredibly powerful to the way that you view your relationship with God and, and you being chosen and, adoption, and, and adopted. Uh, the fourth question here is training in righteousness. What are some things you need to learn to do in order to live in a way that reflects the truth of this passage? As we, and this was going to be Russell's portion. As, as I dialogue with Russell, he's out of town today. Um, as I dialogue with Russell, we talked a lot about what does it mean to be adopted by God. Right? For, God to, for God to come down and to choose you to be a part of your kingdom, what would it look like to live with the identity of adopted? Right? I'm a part of God's family. And particularly when it comes to God's word, what would that look like? Right? If I believe that I'm adopted by God, would I, and God's like brought me in, he's seated me at his table, he's welcomed me into his family, wouldn't I want to read his word? Like, wouldn't I want to hang out with a God that adopted me, a God that chose me, a God that redeemed me? So what would I do? I would approach the word as an opportunity to, to spend time with the God that chose me, right? And then I thought about what would, what would it look like, and, and that's, if that's my relationship with God, I have the word as that source, what would it look like as my relationship with you guys to be adopted into God's family? Well, that means together we would actually all be a family. You would be my brothers and sisters. It, that would affect the way that I view conflict, the way that I, that I care about you guys, and, and the way that I see us in a relationship together, not giving up on that relationship, but, but pursuing it in love and, and the fruits of the Spirit, Right? 
That would, that would affect the way that I live and I interact with you guys. And then I thought about what would it look like with, with my view of, of how I interact with the world. I said, man, if, if I'm chosen by God and I've experienced adoption into his family, I'm going to see the world as orphans, right? And I'm going to say, man, I have this message and this hope inside of me to take to the world. So when I look at my coworkers and I look at my neighbors, I see people who are desperately longing for God. They're longing for hope to be adopted, and I have the answer to that, right? I have the hope of Jesus Christ to go about and to share that with them. That's what Paul is trying to get us to understand in Ephesians chapter 1. And so this activity that we just did right now, it it requires a certain amount of effort and work, doesn't it? Like, it's not just like open the Bible, read a few words, okay, put that down. It's to take the word and believe that it's breathed out by God, believe that that it's given to us for training and reproof to make us righteous, to sanctify us. And so I'm going to use it and let it, let it change my life. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I can't change you. I can't. I can't hang out with you enough to change you. You know, I can't say all the right things to try to change you. It is only God's word that comes in and that gives us a new heart and that gives us a new purpose and a new reason to live. So, man, take the word. Eat it up. Use it. That's what, that's what we wanna, want you guys to leave here with today. Uh, so this next section of our, of our uh, service, what we're going to do is we're going to actually pray in, in Ephesians. So in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, this is what Paul, what I talked through last week, is Paul has this prayer that he actually prays over the church, right, in, in, in Ephesians. And, and he gives them this identity language for who they, for who they are. Uh, what we've done is we've taken that, that passage of, in Ephesians, that prayer, and we've put it on little cards, and it has blanks in it for you to fill out. So what we're going to do is, in just a minute, we're going to go back and we're going to sit around the table. So you guys get in groups and, and just sit around a table. And in the center of that table is a prayer on a piece of paper. And I want everybody to take a prayer and a pen or a pencil, right? And on it, it's going to have blanks where you fill in a person's name, just one person. And I want you to, to think about who it is that God wants you to pray that prayer over. Uh, about a year ago, I was challenged to begin to pray Scripture over people. Not just my words, not just things that I want to say, but pray God's word over people. So the first time I did it, I was sitting back here in my office, and, uh, and, and, and I just got together, and, and I said, okay, God, I have this prayer. Who do you want me to pray this over? And it was amazing. Actually, I had all the prayers of Paul all written out on pieces of paper, and, and I, would, I would open up a prayer, and I would say, okay, God, who do you want this to be about? And God would bring somebody into my mind, and I would do awesome, and I, and I would write that guy's name in right? Or that, that woman's name in. And then what I did is I took those prayers and I mailed them to all the people that I prayed for. People all over the country, people that I had met in my journey with Christ, people here in St. John's. It was amazing as those guys responded back to me and said, you have no idea how God spoke to me through the word when I got that. To know that at that exact moment when I opened that, that's, that I was going through something in my life. And your word spoke, and, and God's word spoke to me to know that someone was praying that over me. It changed the way that I was living at that moment. That's how God's word works. It's incredibly powerful. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the tables. I want everybody to take a prayer card. And then I know it's a little distracting with kids and stuff like that. But just think, who's one person that you can pray this over, right? And then I want you to write that person's name in. And it's got, so you write the person's name in, and then you have to do his or her, you know, in the prayer. And then I want you to take it, I want you to put it in an envelope, which is on the table, and I want you to give it to that person, write their name on it, stick it in the mail, 
Um, but I believe that God can use us in this moment now to do something incredibly powerful for his kingdom when we use his words to pray with other people. So you guys, everybody head back to the tables, gather around a table, and we're going to spend the next uh, five minutes doing this activity. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.